I'm Dee Bonnie, and this is the Ignite Your Marriage Podcast. I'm an ER doctor turned marriage coach. Join me on this journey as I share with you issues that I've faced, mistakes that I've made, that all put me in a position where I had to look to God to figure out how to begin doing marriage and life His way, not my way. I believe that average marriages are just mediocre, and I'm on mission to help you abandon mediocrity. Do me a favor, and please click the subscribe button right now. Leave us a review on iTunes. Also, share this with your friends. Marriages will change. I'm going to get raw and vulnerable on here. We're going to talk about things that I face. We'll talk about infidelity, divorce, blended families, communication. We'll discuss how to have healthy conflict. We'll talk about sex, money, boundaries. If married people deal with it, it will be a topic on here. Get started designing the future you want with your spouse. Let's begin to ignite your marriage. Hey guys, D. Bonnie here. I'm super excited to be on here with you today because we're going to talk about we're going to talk about sex, 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 sex. What? So here's the thing. Today we're talking about sex, and I hope that you get out your notebook. Take some notes on this because you might find a little gem that you can take with you that will actually improve your sex life in your marriage. I hope that there's something here that can benefit you, benefit your relationship. Maybe it's something that you can share with other people because, man, I'm going to tell you, sex is hard. Not the actual act, like that's pretty good. Most of us have that down. But everything that goes along with sex, like it's difficult. And sex is mysterious before you have it. It's amazing once you do. And then it's fraught with all sorts of complications when things go awry. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you been through that? You know, I think it's interesting to look back and see the sort of quote-unquote Christian view of sex. And it's often been portrayed as something that's dirty and naughty and, and it shouldn't be talked about and we don't want to tell our kids about it because we don't want them to have it early. So I think that there's a lot that we can learn from kind of stepping back and having a healthy view of our sexuality. Because I believe that, and this is my worldview, you do not have to accept that, but you're listening to me, so I get to share with you my view. Uh, I, believe, I believe that God created sex. I think that when Adam was in the garden, and he said it's not good for him to be alone, and he made his Eve and they came together, I don't think God was shocked when Adam was like looking her up and down and like, man, I'd like to get with her. And so before, before sin entered the world, before there was the fall, we've talked about it before, Genesis said that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. That means emotionally, spiritually, physically, right? There was no, there was nothing in that came between the two of them. There was nothing that disrupted their intimacy. And then comes the fall, which you guys are aware of, right? Sin enters the world, and all of a sudden, Adam and Eve are 
They're covering up. They're ashamed of their bodies. Sex is now something risque. But you see, that's not how God designed it. God designed us as sexual creatures to have sex with one another, but, but he designed us to do it in his way. So today, I want to chat with you about four ideas that I think can really bolster and improve the sexuality in your marriage, improve the sex in your marriage. Who doesn't want that? But before we get started, I want to give you a little overview of my worldview, my, my Christian worldview about sex. So I, I, think, I think in a number of ways, Christians have gotten it wrong when it's come to sex. I believe that not wanting to talk about it, being ashamed of it, thinking that it was something that was um, not supposed to be discussed, I think that's harmed us. But if you really step back and have a, have a view of it like, okay, God created this. He even made it pleasurable. You think that was an accident? Like, yes, it's important for the reproduction of the species, but sex is how two people come together and they, be, they become their most intimate, right? Everything else falls aside. You've seen it. If you've had sex, right, it's, it's weird and it's awkward and it's amazing and it's messy and funny at times, right? I hope you're having fun with it. But when we, when we obscure it, when we, when, we, um, when we make sex not about what God intended it to be, then things start going sideways. You see, sex is not simply a physical act. If it were, then it would not be so damaging. A lot of you out there, one in three women, by the time they're 18, have had some sort of sexual abuse in their lives. Sex is damaging. It's different than simply a physical assault. You know this. Like, it gets to your core. And when you, when you are intimate with another person, you're sharing this deepest part of you with them. It's not simply a physical act. It's not a hug or a kiss. It's not a handshake. Right? It's sex. It's sharing yourself with that other person. And in doing so, we create bonds that are meant by God to be permanent. So let's talk a little bit about what sex does outside of marriage. First of all, there's a notion in the 21st century, maybe you've heard it, that you have to have sex before marriage. Right? You have to test drive the car. You have to make sure that it's working and it all fits. Guys, that's crap. Let me tell you why. First of all, men, women, your spouse or your future spouse is not a car. See, right there, just that idea that, well, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving it. How are you going to get married to somebody without test driving the sex? Right there, that objectifies your partner. It means that sex is all about you and what you're going to get out of it. It leaves no room for this idea that when two people love each other and come together, that they can enjoy intimacy together because of all the other things that are going on in their lives. How many times have you guys... All right, I'm not even going to ask that. I was going to ask, how many times have you had sex with another person, consensual, and not at least enjoyed that? I think it's probably pretty rare. 
So this idea that we have, that we have to have sex before marriage so that we know if we're sexually compatible, it's hogwash. It's hogwash because really what sex is about, sex is about that continuation of all the rest of the intimacy in the relationship, right? As I'm with my spouse and I'm sharing my fears and my goals, I'm sharing um, aspirations of where I want our family to be, I'm sharing parts of myself in the past that have been wounded or how I've wounded other people, right? All of this emotional intimacy, it then culminates in sort of that mecca of intimacy called sex. And so I operate by the belief, now don't get me wrong, I've never done this right. I really truly came to this relationship with God, with Jesus, just three years ago. So I have not been unmarried and celibate since that time. And before that time, I screwed it up all sorts of ways. If you know my story, you know that I've shared with you that I have wounded other people because I didn't do sex God's way. You know that I've shared with you that I was unfaithful to a previous spouse. You know that I've shared with you the hurt that that's caused and how that has caused um, my not to see my children every day. Uh, I've screwed this up probably more than what you have. And I've also been wounded. I've been wounded by infidelity. So I'm not here speaking to you to act like I'm the guy that's always gotten it right and I've got all the answers. I just want to share with you a couple of ideas about, about human sexuality and about how God designed it. See, there's something interesting that happens when people come together and have sex. Yes, sex is biological. And in fact, I would argue that all these hormones within us, it's God's design and it's God's design to pull us into an intimate relationship with a person of the opposite sex. I believe that's why we have these biological desires, not only to continue on the species, of course, but also because it's that desire to have sex that makes us want to be in an intimate relationship with another person. So I believe that it's God designed. But I believe that when we screw that up and we have sex outside of marriage, damage happens. Did you know that when women have sex, there's a neurotransmitter in the brain called oxytocin that is released. And it actually causes women to want to create a bond with that mate that is permanent and nurturing. It's part of our biology, yes, but it's God created. And so when two people aren't married and they have sex, there are chemicals that are being released that tell us like this is a permanent bond. This needs to be forever. And for guys, the chemical released is vasopressin and that says I'm in an intimate relationship with this person and I'm going to protect her. Right? So we have that sort of guardian protector idea that comes up all because you had sex with another person. But what do we do? In our culture, these permanent bonds get broken and then we establish other permanent bonds with people, permanent bonds biologically, that then release and so on and so forth. And so over time, what we find is that those bonds become less strong because we start realizing, well, that's not really permanent. Take the 17-year-old couple that 
have sex, right, as high school students and then break up, I guarantee you that that breakup is more damaging to those two people because they shared that deepest physical and emotional intimacy with one another. So if, if, God, uh, if God created the sex, if God made the sex pleasurable, if God is the um, founder of human sexuality, I believe we should look to him to say, how do we need to conduct this part of our lives? Here's the problem. So often with many things, but especially sex, we pluck that off to the side and we say, nope, I'm going to do it my way, God, because I know better. You, God, are not part of the 21st century. You don't understand. People have sex. It's just what they do. People live together. That's just what we do. I think that all that happens. I've participated in that. But now I can look and see how so many parts of that are damaging to us. You don't have to go very far to see that we believe that God designed sex to happen within the confines of marriage. Now, don't get me wrong. There are numerous examples in the Bible where that didn't happen. I mean, Solomon had like 700 wives and 300 concubines. How do you keep track of that many people? But the idea is that God intended man and woman to leave their parents, right, cleave together and become one flesh. Why is that? It's because of all the ways in which sex affects us. The best way for us to enjoy sex is to have sex with one person our entire life in this covenant of marriage because sex, guys, is not what's going to keep you together. Romance is not what's going to keep you together. It's the icing on the proverbial intimacy cake. And so what will keep you together is that covenant bond with the other person in front of God. Did you know that of the people who do not have sex before marriage, 2% of them get divorced? 2%. Now, I'm enough of a scientist that I know that uh, association is not causation, but it's something to think about, right? 2% of people, 2% of couples who do not have sex before marriage end up getting divorced. That means 98% of those marriages do not end in divorce. So with that information, what should you be coaching your children on? You know, do what everyone else is doing, have a 50% divorce rate, or maybe look back at something that we consider to be old-fashioned and out of date and go, maybe there's some wisdom there. I believe sex is great, but I also believe that it's damaging. I see it all the time in the emergency department, the injuries that happen from sex, the unexpected pregnancy, the sexually transmitted infections, right? And don't get me wrong, I don't look at people these days and judge them. Like I said, I've screwed this up so many different ways. But I look at people and I think, wow, that's a consequence of doing things outside of God's design. I've already mentioned like my divorce and not seeing my children, right? It's the pain that I still have from sexual wounds that I've received. I haven't always got this right. So the first idea that I want to discuss for how you can improve the sex in your marriage is I want you to make your marriage a safe place to be known. We've talked about it before, but I believe that it comes up again when it comes to intimacy. I believe that we never feel fully loved until we're fully known. And I think that the best sex happens when we're with a partner who knows us fully, right? Standing in front of your partner, 
naked, emotionally exposed, uh, warts, wounds, scars, and all, just here I am, and then you feel loved, right? That's going to promote a marriage in which sex is sacred to you. Sex is precious. So if in your marriage you can develop a relationship with your spouse where you guys know each other's flaws, and yet you don't condemn the other person, you don't attack the other person's character because of those flaws. You know each other's past, you know the other person's mistakes that they've made, you know regrets that they have, and yet you do not bring that at them, you don't condemn them, you don't attack their character with that knowledge. And then, as you move into sexual intimacy, all of the, all of the facades come down. It's like, here I am, and you love me. And I think that's, I believe that's one of the most beautiful ways to have an amazing sex life in your marriage. The second idea that I want to put out is for you to develop a healthy view of sex. In your marriage, don't consider sex something that's dirty and awful, or don't consider it a burden, right? View sex as God's gift to you, God, the creator of sex, provided this to allow you and your spouse to experience this pinnacle of intimacy. Part of this, guys, girls, part of this is about making sex not about you. Make it about your partner. Make it about how do I bring pleasure to this other person? And if you both are doing that, you're both going to be pretty satisfied. But this idea that we have that like sex is all about me and it's all about my uh, ability to reach uh, orgasm. But this idea that sex is all about me, it's about getting what I want, it's about fulfilling my fantasies, it's about my ability to reach the most incredible orgasm. That's not beautiful sex in a marriage. Yes, I hope all of that happens for you. I really do. But, but I believe that we do ourselves the most service when we make sex about our partner. And so it's like everything else that we talk about in this, in this uh, space, this marriage platform. It's not about you. Am I right? Like I've said it before, the less my life becomes about me, the better it keeps getting. And so sex is just one of those aspects. Like let's stop having selfish sex even within the confines of a covenant marriage. You know, part of, part of having a healthy view of sex is realizing that sex is designed to fulfill a purpose and using sex to fulfill other purposes is not how God created it. Sex, of course, is associated with dopamine release and feel-good hormones, and that's all wonderful. But sometimes, if you've been there, sometimes we use sex to fulfill non-sexual needs, right? I think that happens all the time when it comes to pornography and masturbation. It's like, I'm having a bad day, I want a little pick-me-up, and there it is. So we're using sex not to meet an intimacy need and certainly not to meet a non-sexual need, but we're using it to gratify ourselves to make the day a little bit better. Again, that's not how God set it up. I'm not saying that I haven't screwed that up before, but I wanna chat with you today about what I think is gonna give you the most bang for your buck, no pun intended, in your marriage. The third idea that I wanna share with you 
is the idea of stop using sex as a weapon. You know, I hear about this happening all the time. Uh, one partner withholds sex from the other partner with the idea of like, well, you're not deserving of sex with me right now. And I get it. I mean, I guess stereotypically a lot of times that's the woman withholding sex. Guys, women do not want to have sex if they don't feel special. And I believe that's part of God's design. So we have to be willing to create an environment in which both partners feel loved so that we then want to have sex. There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that I'm going to withhold sex or I'm going to, God forbid, force you to have sex, stop using sex as a weapon because that will never, ever bless your marriage. Part of the ways that we can use sex as a weapon is talking about other people and how they appeal to us, right? And so a guy's looking at another woman and, and letting his wife know about that and making her feel inadequate. That right there is sex as a weapon. And we got to eliminate all of that. we got to eliminate all of this immorality from our lives if we want to have our very best sex life with our spouse. The fourth idea is if you have experienced sexual trauma, if you've been injured by another person in a, in a sexual way, you got to find healing from that. And I'm not here to tell you how that's going to happen, but um, if you can find that in disclosing that to another person and unpacking it or getting with a professional like a Christian counselor and kind of going through what it takes to release the anger and hurt that you went through, um, if you don't do that, it will continue to affect your sex life. It will continue to dampen the intimacy that you and your spouse are enjoying. And so I just want to encourage you that if you've been through some stuff, you're not alone. So many people have. Like one in six guys by the time they're 18 have had sexual trauma. One in three women. That's too high. There's so much that's going on here. There's so much. There's so many ways in which we wound one another. But if that's happened to you, I'm going to encourage you to stop sweeping that under the rug. Stop acting like, oh, it was a long time ago. It doesn't affect me. And sit down with somebody and work through that. Because if you do, and you can then begin to enjoy sex with your spouse like never before, you'll be amazed at how it blesses just the entire relationship that you guys have. So in closing, let me just tell you that I believe that sex was created by our Creator. I believe that He's not surprised when man and woman see each other and are sexually attracted and are turned on. I believe that's his doing, but I also believe that all of this biology that he put in us speaks to the fact that we crave intimacy with another person, not just sexually, but true intimacy, and that sex is just a part of that. And I want to encourage you to not view sex from a selfish standpoint. Stop making it about yourself. You know, I have to remind myself of that. I've had to grow in that part of my life to realize that sex is about my ability to um, be close and intimate and, and bring pleasure to my spouse and make it less about you. I'm telling you guys, that's going to bless you. So let's just recap. The four ideas that I had that I think will help bolster 
your sex life with your spouse is number one, create an environment in your marriage where it's safe to be known, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, that, that you two have such a relationship that you can go to that other person and share a part of you now, part of you from the past, concerns about the future, and you won't be judged. You don't have to see eye to eye, but just create in that marriage a safe haven where you're protected from judgment, from ridicule, from uh, insults, right? That's going to go so far to bless your marriage. The second idea was to just have a healthy view of sex, like view it as something God created, God ordained, that he wants you to have sex, but he wants it to happen for your safety so that you don't get hurt within the confines of a covenant marriage, permanent, permanent, like from now until ever, right? We're never splitting up. This is forever. And I've told you, I've screwed that up. I've been divorced twice. I'm not preaching at you. But the idea of having a healthy view of sex, that it's limited to the marriage, that it's not about anyone else but your spouse. But the idea that sex is intended for marriage, a marriage that's permanent, where two people are striving to just be fully known, fully engaged, completely protective of one another's hearts. The third idea is don't ever use sex as a weapon. Don't use it to belittle your spouse, make fun of your spouse. Don't use it to, um, to question your spouse's character. Don't withhold it to be mean and get your way. Don't force it ever on another person. Just stop, stop weaponizing sex. And then the fourth idea, if you've had injury from sex, or maybe, maybe it's that you caused injury to somebody else and you're still dealing with the guilt of that, it's weighing you down. Whatever the case, get help. Get professional help. Find a good Christian counselor. Find someone who has the same worldview and values that you do. Don't get advice from somebody who doesn't see life and God and Christianity the way you do. You're bound to, especially in something so sensitive as this, you're bound to get bad advice, I believe. That's my concern anyway. Listen, guys, I hope this serves you. If it does, share this, share this video, uh, leave a comment, jump over to the YouTube channel, click subscribe, hop on our email list so that anytime we release new content, it's, ready to, uh, it's readily available for you and your friends and you can disseminate this information because I want you to ignite your marriage. There's little embers in there that we can take good information and we can fan those embers and it can ignite. You guys can have an amazing marriage. You can have a relationship where you're like, this is my most prized earthly relationship. God bless you guys. I love you.